0: good morning good afternoon richmond it's 12 noon and i'm awad this is the new sports radio 910 the fan now at 105 1 fm and New year, new rule on 910 The Fan. On Fridays, we roll broadcasting live from River City Roll here in Scott's Edition. River City Roll is much more than a bowling alley open for brunch 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Saturday and Sunday with live music, Uh, of course, live music and entertainment Friday and Saturday nights. And anytime there's a football game on, you can take advantage of their awesome promotion that is $10 pitchers of River City Roll beer anytime There's a football game on TV. That's why I've been spending a lot of time here for the college football bowl games and the NFL. And we will go around the NFL today and pick winners to close out week 18. We'll give out some college football and NFL bets with Don't Sleep on These Picks presented by Don't Sleep Energy with drab t-shirt of the Sports Junkies today at 1245. He's got a monster $2,000 bet riding on Washington number two seed, to defeat number one Michigan on Monday night. We'll talk some VCU basketball, recap the loss to St. Bonaventure, and getting you set up for the Saturday 4 p.m. game against GW, as well as going around all the college basketball programs in the state of Virginia with University Drive. Rick Snyder will join us to talk about the Commander's future and break down how Washington can secure the number two overall pick in next year's NFL Draft, Rick Snyder, Sergeant Snyder in the AWAT Army will join us at 2.30. And then we're going to debut... First edition of Play to Win 2024. Now, this is a segment that we did last year and at times with my former producer. It's the best plays of the week, and Stubb has worked hard after the show yesterday. He didn't want to leave the office. He said, hey, Watt, I want to make sure this is the best segment of Play to Win ever. That'll be today at 2.15. But you guys know how we like to start the show every day by catching you up on anything you might have missed around the sports world. And there was an awesome game winner last night in the NBA, and that's where we begin on the sports app.
1: Here it is, everybody. App. Clearly, this is the future. Stats, scores, highlights. <laughs> are you serious? Wi-Fi plus 3G, 64K. This one, this one. Doesn't sports app.
0: All right. If you've been watching basketball, you know Nikola Jokic is just too good. And the thing is, he makes it look too easy. You know, he puts up shots that look like prayers, and they fall almost every single time. Uh, he doesn't look like he's in great shape. He doesn't move very fast. But he gets to exactly where he wants to get on the court at all times. And there was an epic game last night between the 25 and 11 Denver Nuggets and the below 500 Golden State Warriors. Draymond Green not back for the Warriors, but he is uh, back at practice uh, with the boys as it was Steph Curry leading the way for the Warriors. He finished the game with 30 points, 5 of 12 from the three point line, and they got 24 from Clay Thompson problem Nikola Jokic 34 points 10 assists 9 rebounds none bigger than this game winner for the Nuggets as they were down by double digits in the fourth quarter they come back to win 130 to 127 here's the call on Altitude Sports Radio Aaron
2: Gordon looks in throws it off over to Jokic 2 seconds he's across the timeline from 45 feet got it Nikola Jokic buries the
0: Golden State Warriors. Stubb, I hope you know that is how you play to win. Let's take a listen to Jokic after the game on the game-winning shot. Here's the head coach of the Denver Nuggets, Mike Malone.
1: He said, I want you to take two dribbles over half court and shoot the three. And he, he executed the, the play to uh, to perfection. But great players make great plays. And, uh, you know, Nikola catching the ball there. And then making something happen behind that is just uh, just incredible.
0: Jokic told reporters he meant to bank in the shot as he banks in a miracle three from near half court for the win. Bucks, Spurs, Giannis against the freak Victor Wembenyama and Wemby mania was on display I mean he was just tremendous yesterday there was a play where he spun past the defender and dunked it another one we yammed it on two guys on a fast break then he threw the ball off the backboard to himself like it was a freaking all-star game he finished with 27 points nine rebounds one assist one steal and five blocks but you know what it didn't matter because Giannis the Greek freak was just too good with his 44 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists. And this has been the theme of the Spurs season. It's why they're 5-29. and 29. They play really good for three quarters. They kind of seem to always blow it in the fourth. Here's Giannis with back-to-back buckets for the win on WTMJ.
2: Giannis, the long tooth against the long arm of Wimbledon <laughs> Giannis alone again. Can he do it twice? Yes, sir! Giannis! Back to back bombs. He has put the Bucks ahead by three with two. 21-4 to go here in the fourth quarter. Back to Giannis. Left wing. Tie game, 56 seconds to go. Giannis with a ferocious slam right in the face
0: of Kelton Johnson with a foul as a cherry on top. Did he really say the long tooth against the long neck stuff? Yes, Are we talking did. about a battle of dinosaurs? <laughs> Giannis, the Greek freak, is also the number one vote-getter right now from fans in NBA All-Star voting. Number two, LeBron James. Number three, Joel Embiid right now. Kevin Durant's at four. Jason Tatum, five. Jokic comes in at six. Doncic, seven. Steph Curry, eight. Tyrese Halliburton's had a terrific season for the Pacers. He's at nine. And Anthony Davis of the Lakers rounds out your top ten. As the NBA trade deadline is a month and three days away and there has been a lot of chatter about several teams moving some big names so we will be tracking that here throughout the next month as we move over to the NHL on the sports app. And you guys know every day on the sports app we track Alex Ovechkin's hunt for history. The Caps play against the Hurricanes tonight. They're coming off of a 6 to 3 loss, but Ovi's on a, a you know a, a decent heater. I think he has 3 goals in his last 6 games and had one that was taken away. So now he's up to 830 career goals, chasing Wayne Gretzky's 894, needs 64 to tie, 65 to become the greatest goal, goal scorer in the history of the NHL. So make sure you watch the Caps and Alex Ovechkin tonight and you can Always check out Caps games here on 910 The Fan. Let's move over to college basketball here on the sports app. So UVA and Virginia Tech continue ACC play on Saturday. VCU and Richmond continue 810 play on on Saturday. Richmond hosting St. Bonaventure. The Bonnies defeated VCU on Wednesday. Stuck here in town in Richmond in the 804. We'll play at the Spiders on Saturday. VCU to host GW. We'll preview those games later on the show today on University Drive. But JMU, one of the big stories here locally, improving to 14-0 and on the season thanks to this big shot. Let's take a listen to the call here in Harrisonburg on WSVA.
2: Mike Green gets a screen now from TJ Bickerstaff, goes to his left, spins in some trouble, passes down low for Bickerstaff, feeds at left side,
1: Raquan extra feed in the corner, Fight out for three, yes sir! Yes,
0: sir. Fidel hits that three as JMU would go on to defeat Louisiana 68-61. to They're 14-0, 2-0 in conference play. They'll play Saturday against Southern Miss in Sun Belt play. That was our buddy Dave Rigert on the call. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910. The Fan now at 105, one FM. Lastly, here on the Sports App, over to the NFL. Some interesting comments ahead of the final game of the regular season. This one from Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy saying, yes, yes, we know we lost to the Commanders last year in Week 18. Last season's game has been brought up. Let's take a listen to the coach of America's team, the Dallas Cowboys.
2: Definitely was brought up, you know. I I think if you look at that game last year, um, you know, it's, it it, to me, it's a reflection of this league. I mean, you saw it happen this past weekend, you know. So, um, in in our our league, and yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's a reminder. We've we've, it's been you know talked about, addressed, um, and you know we have a lot to play for, and uh, and I expect our team to go down there and play well, compete at the highest level, and win the game
0: the trend of 20 seasons in a row without back-to-back division champions should be safe and should continue as long as the Cowboys don't blow it to the Commanders but the Eagles know they have to do what they can do and that is win their game here's the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles Nick Sirianni
2: everybody wants to win everybody in the like I, that you know from from this group everybody wants to win and they're willing to do anything to win and if that's you know have tough conversations it's then have tough conversations It's if it's to to go out there you know i what i know about these guys i ask them to go out there and practice their butts off they'll they'll do what they're they're going to do anything they can do to win
0: they're going to do everything they can do to win and they can win the division if the cowboys lose and the eagles win i'm Adam Epstein you're listening to AWOD radio phone lines are open if you want to chime in 833-804-0910 that's 833-804 Zero, nine, ten. Don't go anywhere. Don't touch that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the New Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105 1 FM. So it's the final show of the week, and then next week will be a ton of fun. It, hopefully, it will be the day we've been waiting for Commanders fans, the end of the Rivera era. And also, it's going to be that way around the NFL for quite a few coaches. Now, in Vegas with the Raiders, Devontae Adams and Max Crosby showed their support for Antonio Pierce to remain the Raiders head coach and have that interim tag removed. Crosby said Thursday, there's only 32 NFL head coaches in the world. So you've got to find a leader of men. And when you've got one of them in the building currently, I don't know why you would let them go. So we'll be watching that on Monday. And then all of next week, as it will be a coaching carousel in the NFL and maybe college ranks if Harbaugh moves on from Michigan. That's going to be such a fun game. I cannot wait for that. I know Drab T-shirts fired up for that game with his $2,000 bet on Washington. He's a big Michael Penix fan, so he'll join the show at 1245. But it is time to do a little crosstalk with Michael Phillips. What's going on, MP?
2: Yo, feeling good
0: up here in Ashburn today, final practice of the year. Absolutely. So let's break this game down a little bit here, and uh, we'll start with who's going to play. Will Washington sit anybody? Will all the starters throughout the season play in this game? What do you expect? I think Terry
2: will play. Um, I think it's it's a pretty short list. After that, I'd expect you know Kendall to sit. Um, you know uh, John Allen to sit. Uh, you know on down the line, all of all of those guys. Charles Leno. Uh, you know, all, all those guys I think will sit. I think it'll be pretty close to a B team. I, I'll just reflect. Every, every Friday you have me on, ask what they have to do to win. Are you going to ask me what they have to do to lose today?
0: <laughs> I might, uh, but what I do want to break down is Eric the enemy. Uh, Craig Hoffman said some interesting things yesterday. Stub, you don't have that audio, do you? If, if you do, you can you can grab it, but no worries. Um, so Craig was basically saying that you can't have Eric B. enemy here next year because – Eric Bieniemy can't work with a young quarterback in Sam Howell or the future first-round pick that hopefully the Commanders spend on a guy like Caleb Williams. I mean, how do you respond to that? Can Eric Bieniemy groom a young quarterback? Well,
2: I I don't think he'll be here, but I think that's a little ridiculous when you look at what he did with Mahomes, who was a young quarterback, right? I mean, I yeah, I think that's a little silly to suggest it because Howell hasn't had the success they hoped. That, that he can't do it or, or is unable to do it or, or, you know, lacks the patience or temperament or whatever. Uh, his comments yesterday he certainly went, you know, doubled down on giving Sam Howell as many throws as he did. I don't think Sam Howell's in a bad spot, uh, you know, going into next year in terms of he's gotten a lot of NFL experience. We'll see if he can grow out of his mistakes or not. That, that seems to me to be way less on the coaching and way more on Sam Howell. I mean, I think he knows what he needs to do. He'll get his own private coaching in the off season. He'll get an opportunity to work on all those things. Uh, but I, I, I don't view those as being flaws of this coaching staff. Those are Sam Howell flaws. Now, could it, are there coaches who maybe could have done a better job? I'm sure you could find some. But I, I think on the whole, uh, you know, he is who he is, and and they got the most out of him that they could given those limitations.
0: Yeah, and, and honestly, you know, you know me. I- I said it before, get Eric Bieniemy's name out, your gosh darn mouth here. Why aren't we talking about the defensive side of the ball that completely failed the Commanders team this year? I mean, the offense hasn't been great at times, but overall, it's been much better than the defense since, oh yeah, last checked, still ranked dead last in the NFL. So, going into next season, though, do you expect three quarterbacks on the roster? Is Brissett done? Will Sam Howell be moved? I mean, what are we talking about here, Michael?
2: I think Sam Howell will be back. I think he'll be back, as. Yes. Either the backup or or the three, if you go if you go three wide, I uh, probably depends. now I don't think the enemy will be back because I I think that whoever the new coach is is going to want to bring in his own system his own scheme and and all that and I, I just don't think the enemy did enough this year to win the the, the opportunity to be the head coach here I, I just don't think that's in the cards for his future uh, not to say he can't get the opportunity elsewhere I I think eventually he will get that opportunity um but i don't think it's here and i don't think it's now um so whoever's coming in if they're an offensive mind they are they're, they're going to call the plays right a lot of the head coaching names you talk about are, are guys who are going to call the plays that doesn't really leave room for eric the enemy here uh, in the setup for next year so i i don't think he's coming back um in terms of you know quarterback for next year right you you may if you draft a guy that's probably a good reason to go three wide to bring in a veteran backup and have the rookie Sam, and your veteran. Um, If you don't draft somebody and you go the veteran route, uh, you could go with just the veteran and Sam. I'm kind of a big believer in always having three just because of the importance of the position. Uh, I think Jacoby will probably bounce. Um, I think he'll get you know, you're like Heineke, right? You're looking for a spot where there's a path to a starting job for you. The only exception would be if it's some kind of like, hey, we're going to draft Michael Penix. We want you to start for 10 weeks before you hand it off to him. That's maybe a scenario where you could keep him around.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's so many decisions uh, that need to be made this off season. So we played the audio yesterday of uh, Steve Kornacki breaking down just exactly how Washington or New England could get the number two overall pick and. Uh, it was very confusing, but now I feel like I've figured it out. Uh, there are a few swing games. Uh, Stubb and I have been go- kind of going back and forth on this. Which games does Washington need to uh, have their go- their team win that they've played against? And so I pulled it up here, and it's Washington will be rooting for Pittsburgh over Baltimore, Colts over Houston, Saints over Falcons. Packers over Chicago and Vegas over the Denver Broncos. I mean, what do you think? Can we get those things to happen and Washington get the number two pick?
2: Yeah, I put the list on my Twitter. Right, those are the five. You need three of them to happen. The the catches that a Saints win counts double. So a Saints win over the Falcons counts as two points in getting to the three there. So if you could get a Saints win, you only need one of the other games of the other four to break your way, which feels like a near certainty because you got a lot of favorites on that list. If you don't get the Saints game, you got to land three of the four the other way to get the job done, uh, which which is also still doable. You've got a lot of favorites on that list, right? Steelers are going to be favorites over the Ravens. Uh, I think the Colts are favored over the Texans on down the line. So you certainly, the rooting interests are in the right places here that you'd like them to be going into those games. Uh, There's an easy way to do it, too, and that is just for the Jets to beat the Patriots. Um, But it it gives a little, little spice to our Saturday TV watching, for sure. Can get a could get two-thirds of the way there by Saturday night.
0: So how do you think this game plays out, in all honesty, between the Cowboys and the Commanders? I mean, we want Dallas to win the game, but I want, you know, respectable performance out of my Commanders and Sam Howell. So, you know, I think perfect scenario would be like a Cowboys 30-27 to win, but it just kind of feels like it's going to be, you know, 42-7 to once again.
2: Why, why do you want a respectable performance? Just, <laughs> just to feel good?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I want, I want to, I want to end the season with some kind of momentum, right? Terry McLaurin to go over a thousand yards, Brian Robinson to have a fifty-yard run, or maybe, uh, you know, Jamison Crowded to return a punt—something to get me fired up for next season.
2: I take a highlight play. I don't need it to be close, though. I do think <laughs> it could be close. I, I think that uh, Dallas will want to take their foot off the gas as soon as possible, uh, given they're going right into. The play. You look at all these playoff teams using this as a Week 18 bye. They're not going to be able to do that because they're playing to lock up the division. I think they'd like to get it to cruise control as quickly as possible. So I I do like uh, the plus 13 here just because I I don't think Dallas is interested in, in doing a 45 spot this time around or anything like that.
0: Michael, we do have a VCU game tomorrow as the Rams yeah, will host do. GW, and I'll be breaking that game down next segment. But, uh, you know, one more time, your thoughts on the loss to St. Bonaventure and what kind of uh, adjustments you think Ryan Odom will make. Yeah, great
2: opportunity for a bounce back here against GW. Uh, uh, certainly St. Bonaventure very much, you know, in that in that top tier of A-10 teams, right, with Dayton and St. Joseph's. And I'd argue VCU still belongs there uh, in, in terms of their uh, – their their play overall in their roster and and, and how they're built uh, would love to see that defense crack back down right while keeping the offensive efficiency. I think the offense is in a good spot in a weird way right. It, it it's kind of affirming because going into the season we all thought like oh this offense will be good. Can the defense hang? And then it was the opposite for a little while. You're like ah did we read that wrong? But no, that's the team we expected. A really good offensive team that needs to solidify and, and do the little things defensively. I think there's a great opportunity to do this against a GW team that is definitely not among the A-10s elite.
0: Yeah, I mean, what did you make of Ryan Odom saying a lot of our guys played below their average? Because I, I kind of think that's exactly what I was watching, right? Oh, it's just
2: the the lack of doing the the extra effort and doing the things he talked about. I mean, there, you know, when you have something like that, you say, is the coaching staff bad at delivering the scouting report or is the player bad at executing the scouting report? Right. And it all comes back to the coaches eventually that the buck stops there as we know. Uh, But I got faith in this team. They, they, this coaching staff, they've gotten the guys well-prepared for, for defensive efforts earlier this year. It was a weird night. And look, it was a weird night overall, you know, a Wednesday, it was nine o'clock. The students weren't there. Uh, It was a weird night at the stew. Um, but certainly I, I do believe in this staff, their ability to coach up defense, their ability to, to do those coaching points and do those scouting reports. I uh, I don't think we have any sort of systemic issues at player.
0: No, sometimes there's just a lid on the basket. I expect Max Scholga to score more than seven, Joe Bamazil to score more than five, and Toby LaWall to score more than four. It's just about guys uh, playing to the capabilities that the coaching staff knows that they can get to. That's Michael Phillips from MP on the mic. Check him out from 10 to 12 Nude Also, read his work for the Washington Times covering the Commanders. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to A Wide Radio on the fan. Welcome back. Happy Friday, everybody. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, and we have a new rule on 910 The Fan on Fridays. We roll broadcasting live from River City Roll and Scott's Edition, Richmond's top social spot with boutique bowling, a seasonal menu, great pizza, good wings, a hopping cocktail scene, a dog-friendly patio that is covered and heated live music, and much, much more, and they have a Really cool deal that anytime there's a football game on TV, you get $10 pitcher of River City Roll Beer. And, of course, there'll be a lot of football on these TVs on Sunday and Saturday for the final weekend of the NFL season. But, of course, we mentioned it last segment. There is a VCU game tomorrow. Pre-game show starts at 3.15 Live from the Commonwealth Room at the Seagull Center for the extended pregame show. A full 45-minute breakdown of VCU hosting GW. Before I hand it off to Robbie Robinson and Rodney Ashby for the call right here on 910 The Fan. And it should be a good one here. Uh, GW, the revolutionaries now with changing their last name. Uh, they are 11-3 and 3 on the season. But 0-1 in conference play as they are coming off of a Triple overtime defeat to Fordham. Now this is Chris Caputo's second year in charge. He's an excellent head coach. Why do I know that? Is because he was the longtime assistant for Jim Laranega. uh, Started with Coach Laranega at George Mason. I used to go to Laranega summer camp every year. Chris Caputo was in charge of that, and he was always really good with kids and uh, an excellent basketball mind. Caputo then would go follow Jim Laranega to Miami, where they the two of them had a ton of success working together. And of course, Miami went to the Final Four last year, and Caputo took the job at GW. So now he's 27 and 19 in his second year, whereas VCU has Ryan Odom, 8 and 6 now in his first year in charge. And um, I, I do expect this to be a high-scoring game. Both teams uh, like to push the ball. Both teams have you know 20-point scorers, and I, I think Ryan Odom will make the adjustments necessary following that defeat to St. Bonaventure. I mean, the way he did the lineups and playing time last game, it was based off of defense. I think he'll change it this game maybe to help out the offense or to improve the defense. Like Michael Bell... Barely played last game, and he's one of the Rams' best defenders. I expect him to play a lot more than just 45 seconds. Fats Billups showed that he can be a spark off the bench uh, with five points in like a minute and 30 seconds. I expect him to play a bit more in this game against GW. And then we'll see how much the starters go. Um, you know, they they didn't really look as productive against St. Bonaventure. I'll give Bonnie great credit. I mean, they really did a good job of packing the paint, forcing the Rams to shoot from the outside. But, you know, every coach is going to make adjustments after a loss, and I think Coach Odom will tinker with the lineups and the rotations just a little bit, as it was sophomore sophomore forward Christian Furman's career-high 15 points and nine rebound three block to lead VCU, and they had four players in double figures, but they could not withstand the 12 of 22 assault from the three-point line by St. Bonaventure and the big man Chad Venning down low cleaning up all of the misses. But this is a very important game for VCU in A-10 conference play. Look, you want to take care of home court, right? You want to win your home games, and this is an interesting point in the schedule here where following this game, the Rams will will have two road games before a tough home game against St. Louis and then a, another difficult one against Loyola Chicago before closing out January at Davidson and at St. Bonaventure. So it just feels like if you lose another game to GW here, it could be a slippery slope in January starting conference play. So I, I think the Rams have to bounce back Saturday. I expect them to. GW not nearly as good as St. Bonaventure. Yes, they have the scorers. They don't have the big men down low, and they don't play as good defensively. So I have confidence in the Rams to get it done on Saturday, but uh, it's going to be a struggle of a month in January if they can't defeat GW at home because George Mason's playing well, and that will be a tough road game on Tuesday, January 9th. At 7 p.m. But the the good news is VCU's offense seems to have exploded since getting Joe Bamisil and Sean Barristow back in the lineup, even though the two of them didn't have their best games against St. Bonaventure. The team still scored at least 75 points and has scored at least 75 points in six straight games and has now recorded 80 or more in four of its past six contests. So it's all about the offense playing well and then matching that on the defensive side of the ball. And I think uh, most people that watched Coach Odom's postgame presser or heard the clips on Michael Phillips' show or myself, you know, it really came down to St. Bonaventure wanted it more. And, and you hate to say that because it's a home game to start conference play. There's all this excitement. The stew was packed. But when you watch the game with your eyes, you saw – St. Bonaventure dominated second-chance points. They dominated loose balls, hustle plays, 50-50 balls. They were diving on the ground more than the Rams, and that was the story of the game there. I mean, you'll think back to the play right before half, right? VCU scores and cuts it to six, I believe, And then they had a steal and threw the ball away. Chad Venning picks it up and hits a fadeaway shot looking like LeBron James uh, at the buzzer. And then it continued in the second half there of, you know, just VCU grabbing a board or go right through their hands and slip to St. Bonaventure. And so they've got to do a better job on the glass and a better job defensively against George Washington, Chris Caputo's revolutionaries Saturday at four PM. I I think if you're looking at who's gonna be the man for VCU in this game against St. Bonaventure, I'm going to point to Sean Barstow because I was really impressed with him recognizing his mismatch against St. Bonaventure about halfway through the first half. And, uh, you know, he, he got a couple quick buckets, a couple scoop layups, a spin move a layup, and and that got VCU back into the game. I, I need Barstow to recognize his mismatch from the start of the game against GW because when he pushes the ball up court, you really see all of a sudden it feels like it's a four on three fast break every single time down the court uh, because you don't usually see a point guard handle the rock and then you have guards spotting up around the three-point line and when the ball movement was right, the Rams were getting open three-point shots. Another guy that I want to see get more volume from the three-point line is Jason Nelson. He's shooting 43% from three this season, and it feels like he only gets two or three attempts a game. Let's get that up to four or five, especially if he's playing big minutes off the bench. Uh, I do love the lineup with Jason Nelson. Zeb Jackson and Max Sholga having three guards surrounding maybe Beristow, uh, or Christian Furman down low. And it, it, I think it, when you have an extra ball handler on the court for this VCU team, what we see is the ball stays hot, the rock keeps moving, and because of that, guys get open looks. And that's what it's going to take here against GW. You've got to get open looks and then convert and then get back and play really hard-nosed defense. One thing that I know frustrated me in the game against St. Bonaventure, and I asked Coach Odom about it after the game, and – he looked frustrated, and that was the fact that the Rams were trying to come back from a double-digit deficit. And every time they made a bucket, it was like they forgot to full-court press. And uh, you know, we're we're used to watching this VCU team for years with havoc after every single made bucket. The guys are slapping the floor. It's 94 feet both ways. They're up in the face of the defense with this full-court press, and so. I think it's going to take some time here for the guys to understand hey the differences between last year's coaching staff and this year's coaching staff and how they want to coach on the defensive side of the court especially when they're down by double digits uh, I I wanted to see, you know, Zeb Jackson take it upon himself to guard the point guard and, and reach in and even if you get called for a foul here or there Let's try to get a few steals to get back into this here and so uh, I I think it's all about hustle and wanting it more than GW that's how the Rams will get the win on Saturday. I will say I thought it was uh, a really really good crowd and so I'm hoping for another really good crowd from Ram Nation on Saturday against GW. I know a lot of people are disappointed to start conference play with a loss but the season is far from over the A-10 is much better than last year. It should be a 2 maybe even a 3 bid league and the Bonnies were going to be a top 4 team uh, regardless of whether or not they beat VCU or not. So St. Bonaventure is a good team GW is not nearly as good We've got to get a win on Saturday at 4 p.m. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. You're listening to AWOD on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1. Broadcasting live from River City Roll here in Scott's edition. And you should know you could throw a party here at Scott at uh, River City Roll in Scott's corporate events, entertainment, private concerts, holiday parties, special occasions, happy hours, and more. And they've got a lot going on here. It's much more than just a bowling alley, a seasonal menu, hopping cocktail scene, dog-friendly patio that is covered and heated. And look, it, it's some cold weather here, but it does a really good job, the patio here, at river city Roll of keeping you heated while you're watching some football and taking advantage of the ten dollar pitcher deal of river city roll beer anytime there is a football game on and stub i told you uh, i cut my finger a little bit so i put the over under on my bowling today my score at 95 and i am through uh six frames here at 52 and but i did just roll a strike so Rolling pretty well, even though I've got this cut on my finger. I'm not at 100%, but, you know, I'm playing through the pain. This is my Jordan flu game today. Are you doing the uh, the between-the-legs roll to keep your finger protected? (laughs) No, no, no. I'm I'm doing everything (laughs) that I've been taught. You know, I've told you guys before we've got a professional bowler here at River City Roll. He's been teaching me, giving me some lessons, and I I do feel like – I'm getting better every time I'm here. So it gives me confidence, and it's a ton of fun, right? Usually when I'm in the studio, I go to commercial break, and, you know, Stubb is hounding me to do a luster read, or Stubb wants me to do Kitchen 33, or Stubb's like, Adam, can you find some food in the kitchen? I'm starving. Well, here at River City Roll, when we go to commercial break, I just bowl. So it's it's a lot of fun here on a Friday all right, joining us right now for his Friday segment, every Friday at 1245, it is Don't Sleep on These Picks, presented by Don't Sleep Energy. Don't Sleep makes you great. They support BitSeason and AWOD Radio. And from BitSeason, it is Drab T-shirt of the Sports Junkies. What's going on, Drabby? Hey, what's up, my man? How are we doing today? Happy Friday, man. How was your New Year's? Um,
1: I was over at J.P. Flames' house, one of the junkies, it, JP is a great host. I took my wife, we were the last ones to show up to the party at 9:15. Everybody went home before midnight. I was upset about it. I don't understand it. What's the point of having a New Year's Eve party if you're going to have if you're going to go home before midnight? The whole point is to celebrate the new year. The new year does not start at 10:15 p.m. doesn't start at 11 p.m. It starts at midnight. We all were waiting for the ball to drop, and I couldn't believe it. There were like six people left at midnight.
0: That's so frustrating, and we're on the same page with this. You know, I brought it up on my show. If you stay in, that's fine. Stay in, go to sleep at 1030, do you. If you leave your house, you cannot return until after midnight. Midnight. It's just unbelievable that people do that. I was here at River City Roll. Uh, it was a really cool party here. The ball dropped, and, and yep. I will say people did roll out like 1215, 1230, but at least everyone stayed until the ball dropped.
1: Well, that's fine. But if you go to a house party, someone's house where they're making preparations and it's a whole big thing, and food and, and all kinds of stuff, and then you go home an hour after you get there, some people, a lot of people had already left before I even got there. When I walked in the door, uh, <laughs> JP goes, you wouldn't believe how many people were here earlier. I go, earlier? It's 9-15. <laughs> well, I love I that, time, nonetheless. Yeah.
0: And I bet JP had some, you know, decent food. I'm not going to say it was great. Remember, I didn't like the meatballs that he served last time he had a party. I will continue to talk about the meatballs were cold. You know, they were. No, this was
1: catered food. It was pretty good. It was Puerto Rican food in honor of his mother.
0: All right, so I bet it was decent food. But my lock of the week is that Drab T-shirt on his long drive home to Ashburn stopped at either fast food or 7-Eleven. On New Year's Eve? Yeah, after midnight on the ride home, yes. I think we went straight home.
1: No you way. Lock of the, lock no of the year. way,
0: dude. Are you <laughs> kidding you me? You missed your lock of the year 30 minutes into the new year. <laughs> I think we went straight home. Oh, man. All right, all right. That, that's a curveball. What is your NFL lock of the week, Drab? I think there's some juicy games out here. It's
1: always a little difficult in Week 18 because you don't really know how inspired teams are going to be. There's a lot of backups playing, but there's one game that I got my eye on, and I think it's a difficult matchup for a team that needs a victory. I'm looking at The Packers-Bears game in Lambeau. (laughs)
0: The Bears
1: are not the team they were earlier in this year. In fact, they got one of the best defenses in the NFL right now. Jordan Love, he's hot, he's cold, he's hot, he's cold. You never know what to expect with these guys. I don't like the matchup at all for the Packers. The Bears have a chance to play, spoiler here, against their most hated rival, the Packers. And Justin Fields has everything to play for. If they win this game and he looks good again, well, the Bears have a big-time decision to make because he might be the guy, and they might be sticking with him for, another, for you know, another year or for the fifth year or give him another contract after that. It's a massive game for Justin Fields, just as it is for the Packers to get in the playoffs. Now, look, I'm biased. I'm a Seahawks fan. I want the Packers to
0: lose so the Seahawks can get into the
1: playoffs. But aside from that, I do think it's a really bad matchup for the Packers.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, and look, Justin Fields is playing for his job. I think Matt Eberflus, the coach, is playing for his job. The Bears have a lot to play for. Montez Sweat has something to play for. You know, he wants to continue to lead the Bears in sacks this year. So uh, that's an interesting game. My lock of the week is in the NFC East. And look, I I think we all expect the Cowboys to defeat the Commanders. The Cowboys would then win the division. Uh, But the Eagles, I think, have something to play for here, and that's because – If you've heard uh, Philly Sports Radio at all this week, they're pissed at the Eagles. They're pissed at Nick Sirianni. Uh, A few callers have been asking for his job already, so I think the Eagles want to have a good performance. You had A.J. Brown speak out to the media. He's not happy. The line is 5.5 for Philly against the lousy New York Giants. I I I think Philly covers that spread. That's my lock.
1: I like that but 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 Tyrod always plays tough. He keeps his teams in games. I do I would probably go with you on that one and you're selling me a little bit but I gotta be honest, I'm a little excited about that rumor from Craig Carton that Bill Belichick could be the next coach of the Eagles. That would be <laughs> phenomenal. It would be great entertainment. We love a big story. Belichick on the Eagles so much better than Belichick out in L.A. with the Chargers, where nobody cares.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of think Belichick's going to end up staying with New England, and they're going to get the oh, quarterback come on, of choice. that's Joyce. over
1: with. you. you no. that's not happening.
0: No, he's going to stay. He's going to stay in New England. That's you know, I'm I'm confident in that drab. Um, but let, let's get to this Monday night game here, uh, the college football championship, Washington against Michigan. Explain to my audience uh, the bet that you have riding on this game.
1: Back in July, I had a tingle. I've, uh, I've been a long time, <laughs> a long time, Michael Penix fan. I just, I'm so high on him. I think whoever gets him in the NFL draft, I mean, I'm not kidding you, if I was the commanders, I'd take him to two overall. Like, I, I'm that high on him. I think he's a superstar. Uh, I am that high on him that I placed a bet on the Huskies to win the national championship back in July. I think it was 40 to 1. I put 50 bucks on it that pays out $2,000. I'm actually a little bitter at them because I, there's some guys who put bets on them. I'm seeing it on Twitter this week, like back in January and February of last year, and they paid out like a hundred to one, eighty to one. I don't know why I got on on a little bit late, so I could be sitting on a lot more money. But my fifty bucks is is, is to pay out two thousand dollars if the Huskies win on Monday night. Everyone's saying you got to hedge, Drab, you got to hedge, put some money on the Wolverines. I don't know. I don't feel that. I don't want to root for the Wolverines in any sort of way. I don't want to lose money because I'm very, very confident that the Huskies are going to win. On Monday night, I really like the matchup as the week goes on. Now, am I talking myself into this? Probably. But everybody said they were going to get crushed by Oregon in the, in the Pac-12 championship game. Everybody said the Longhorns were, uh, were going to destroy their defense. It never happened. The Huskies are playing really well right now, and it was a laser light show last week when Pennix took on the Longhorns defense. 430 yards, two touchdowns, could have been way more. They ran a few more. And it's just so accurate unbelievable poise in the pocket and Michigan's defense has not faced an offense like Washington they haven't even faced an offense anywhere close to Washington's. Michigan has not played a top 45 total offense team in the country yet this year. Ohio State was the best offense they played they almost lost to Maryland who was one of the other better offenses they played I I just don't think Michigan's defense is supposed to be this scary team that I should be afraid of as a guy who's rooting for the Huskies I think Pennix is the real deal. They have three pro, and I mean pro-pros, NFL wide receivers in O'Donzie, McMillan, and J- and Polk. It's just going to be a really tough matchup for the Wolverines, and, and the Michigan offense doesn't scare me at all. I mean, it's an yeah. afterthought.
0: No, you, you just did a great job of, of talking me into believing in Washington. I'm just a hardball guy, and I think this is his year with Michigan. Uh, I, I disagree with you about the Michigan defensive line. I think they're going to be able to get after Michael Penix and sack him quite a few times. They brought down uh, Milroe of Alabama six times. It was the game changer on that final play, the way the defensive line just you know hopped through Alabama's offensive line and you know forced him to run into his own guy and, and trip down and fall. So I, I think it should be a very entertaining game, uh, but I am still going to pick Michigan. Do you have a Sports tilt of the week. I'm telling you, trust (laughs) Drab. They said the same thing about Texas. They said Texas has
1: the best interior defensive line in the country. You know how many times Penix was sacked against Texas? Zero. (laughs) He is. He's getting the ball out. He's got unbelievable poise. Let's go. Adam, I want you to rethink it. I want you to ride with
0: me. It will be fun. Ride with me. It, it would be. Believe me. It would be fun to ride with you, but I just I, – I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm, oh, I'm sticking right. with my pick with Michigan. Um, but, uh, but I want to hear your sports tilt of the week, or should I go first here because I've got a good one. What? Well, why don't you go ahead and go first? All right, so – it, ha- it kind of has to do with your love for Michael Penix. I have been obsessed with Caleb Williams since COVID when Grant Polson introduced me to Caleb and his father, and he asked me to film his... Uh, you know, video of deciding to go to Oklahoma. Because that, uh, Grant sent me all this B-roll from his high school performances, and I've been obsessed with this kid since, you know, basically March of 2020, and now he's already won a Heisman, and it tilts me that in this world we live in, uh, and it's a lot of, it is in this country, when anybody gets to the mountaintop, we love to tear them down, right? This guy was a Heisman Trophy winner, and now everyone's saying, oh, he's too much of a baby, he paints his fingernails, he's not going to be good at the mm-hmm. next level. I've put my career on the line as an NFL quarterback evaluator, Caleb Williams will be a pro bowler within five years. You'll never hear me talk about the quarterback position ever again if that doesn't happen.
1: All right, well, uh, Eric Bickle got his QB guru named, uh, title taken away from him. You'll be next, my friend.
0: I know, and that's my mentor. So, you know, if I follow along his lines, that that's fine with me. But I'm just so confident Caleb Williams is going to come in, and everyone's going to be like, wow, I can't believe we didn't see this coming. We all saw it coming last year, and then everyone decided to hate on him this year for no reason.
1: All right, do you want to know my sports tilt of the week? Yeah. Jersey Jerry from Barstool,
0: <laughs> hitting
1: a hole-in-one on a, on a simulator. And here's what why I'm tilted. Not because it annoyed me. It was tremendous content, and everybody was riveted. I'm tilted because, honestly, Adam, it's such a simple concept, I can't believe I didn't think of it and have the junkies doing it. One of the <laughs> junkies trying to hit a hole-in-one on a simulator, the junkie's You know, cakes all those years ago stayed in a coffin for like three days or whatever it was. And I should have been thinking for a great bit for the Junkies, and it's such a awesome, you can't leave the room until you get a hole-in-one. I was captivated by Jersey Jerry and rooting for him and then Tom Brady's tweeting and Dwayne Wade's tweeting, and everybody was into it. It was, it was one of my favorite moments of the entire week, but I'm just <laughs> honestly a little upset that I didn't think of it first because it would be a great radio-slash-TV bit for the Junkies.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, that's the problem, though, is that you don't have any more bit players on the junks. You haven't replaced a wad, you know, and so, we, you know, Cakes can't do it every single time. I, I will say, though, Barstool does an incredible job of just, like, you know, captivating their audience with the dumbest things ever. You know, it's so know. weird.
1: It's, it's, it's their specialty. They're really yeah. good at it.
0: Yeah. No. Uh, so guy. what is Jersey Jerry right. going to do next here? Is he going to try to bowl a 300? Is that the bit?
1: Okay. I, I think he's got to go on the Tonight Show. He's that famous
0: <laughs> now. <laughs> he so. really is. It's unbelievable. All yeah. right, man, have a good weekend.
1: All uh, right, bud. You too. Later, guys.
0: Yep, that was Drab T-shirt from the Sports Junkies here for Don't Sleep on These Picks, presented by Don't Sleep Energy. If you need the energy to stay up and see your late-night picks go up in flames, see Drab T-shirts, $2,000 burn on fire when Michigan defeats Washington. It's easy. Head over to DontSleepEnergy.com Use the promo code AWAD Radio. That's A-W-A-D-D-R-A-D-I-O to save some cash. Your picks might go busto, but you'll be loaded with gusto. Don't Sleep makes you great. We appreciate your support. Love doing these bits every week with Drab and Valdez. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back.